What's good, fam? Thanks for joining me, your host, Corey Cabri, on the Living Life on Purpose podcast, where we discuss various topics on how to apply God's principles to your everyday life. I hope you enjoy the discussion. Amen. I'm excited to be on this evening to share with you what I believe God is leading me to share with you about marriage through the lens of being single. Hey, to the man. Um, Ephesians 5 is where we are, right? Yes. 21. Yes. But yes. I want to back us up a little because I just love um, just starting at the beginning of chapter 5 where it says in Ephesians 5 and 1, therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Amen. And when I read this, it it, it reminds me of something down here later in Ephesians 5 when it talks about husbands. Love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. And it's like, wow, so wait a minute. As a single, sometimes we make marriage a little bit of an idol, right? Like, oh, when I get married, I'm going to get this love. And then God is showing you right here, um, you need to already be in this love, right? And so I just go back again to Ephesians. I love this um, scripture too here. Before we get into the marriage scriptures, which everyone loves to quote, um, but taking a step back again to Ephesians 5, 17 through 20, and it says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine, yeah. in which is dissipation. But be what? Filled yeah. with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And I'm like, wow, wouldn't you just love to have a Buddha sing to you? <laughs> but, wow, you are already supposed to be singing Boo <laughs> melodies to one another. To one another, exactly. And, and then in verse 20, it says, giving thanks always for all things. Wow, so wait a minute. Instead of me always preparing myself to be married, and prepare, should I just be thankful? Yeah, wow, always for the singleness to be where he wants me to be in that season. And where does it end in verse 21? Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Wait a minute, hold up, snap. It's a big issue because in verse 22, all of a sudden says, why submit yourselves to your own husband? Oh, I'll go there next, but wait a minute. This should not be brand new for us because God, guess what, women? We should already be doing it. So why does everyone get all crazy when the Lord asks us to do it in the marriage that we should, as imitators of Christ, as his children, already be doing it, right? Right, that's good. Am I right? And so it's nothing new. And so then you go back to verse 22. It says, why submit to your own husband? I'm going to rest here for one second and teach a little thing. A lot of times singles get their heart broken, including my own, because you submitted as if it was your own husband and it wasn't. That's good. <laughs> you should have been in verse 21 with somebody, and you went to verse 22. Mm. I am generally submitting 
as a child of God, one to another. I'm right. not submitting to you as my husband. husband. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yes, it's, it's, it's levels to this thing. Yeah, that's good. But we want to make it be something it's not uh, or out of season. God might be leading it, but it's not in that season. Yeah. And so we end up with all these different little scars, and then we build up these walls, which we call boundaries, but they're really walls that we don't allow God's love to really enter in so we could be at a place to, to be loved, to give love, and receive the love that God has for us right now, right while we're single. So let me move on. So for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Another get straight moment for me as a woman and for hopefully other single women who are listening and even men, you are not her savior. Jesus is. Hello. He is not your savior. Jesus is. We put all these different mandates. Oh, he got to be that head. Yes. As (laughs) Christ is the head of the church. And guess who is the head of him? Christ. Hopefully you marrying someone who's in Christ. Yeah. So if you aren't, where you need to be in Christ is very highly likely you aren't going to meet someone else who understands what this is either to even put you in a covered position for Jesus to be your savior. So we can't be looking at this as if, oh, this is, I need this to be my head. No, God is your head already. Jesus is the head of, you already have a covering. And then verse 24, therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Woo! Everything. That's a big thing right there. That's where, that's where it really comes home. Like, well, wait a minute, D. Michelle. This is about everything. Oh, by the way, my name is D. Michelle Thompson, Table 4 Ministries. Praise the Lord. I love this topic. Um, so... So let wives be to their own husbands in everything. And then in verse in everything, what does that mean? What's that mean, Corey? Everything. From the from your feet to the top of your head. And you're going and you're com- going you're going and you're coming in or going out and coming in. Your finances, your your eating I can should I say more? Right. So my thing is this, why, why is it we're so quick to want to be yoked with somebody to see them in the head? But we're talking about everything. If God is the one that's covering everything for you right now, right. and now you're going to go yoke with someone else to be your head, as Christ is the head of the church, for everything, yeah. why wouldn't you spend the time to understand where their heart is, led by God, and where it's not? for every matter in life to understand, can I really submit to him? Yeah. You got to know people. You got to spend time. You have to know them. And then it goes on to verse 25. It says, husband, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Woo, that's some love. That's some love. And go on to verse 26, that he might sanctify her and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Put another pen here. I feel like I'm, I'm, for, I'm for the men today, but I'm coming for them soon. But the women, 
I mean, if I'm just going to confess me. When we look at this scripture and we think about marriage through a single lens, I added this to my list. I saw this scripture, you know, 20-some years ago. I was like, okay, he got to be able to wash me with the word. Right. What's the scripture say? It said that he might sanctify. He didn't say lowercase he. Right. He said he, capital H, he. So if Christ that's washing me now still going to be the Christ washing me in marriage, my issue can't be with my husband and his capabilities. My issue has to be with me being able to be aligned with Christ enough to hear his voice, to know what it said earlier, submit to your own husband. This is my husband. And that's the thing. Every man you meet, every woman you meet is not your spouse. But you have to know God enough to know I'm still loving this person. I'm still submitting to this person, but not as to my wife and my husband, but because this is what God has placed in my life in this season. And so you have to know that. And it said, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her. Again, he didn't go back so that the husband would sanctify. Exactly. It was so that Christ would. So, I will, so we have to be praying for a mate that is willing to give us back to God to wash us. That's good, man. You have to marry someone that you know is going to give you back to God. And same thing, women. We have to marry men that we are willing to give him back to God. And I'm going to pause right here. I searched the Bibles. I mean, I've been single for a minute, so I, I love the topic. Yeah. And so I searched the word, and I looked for a couple in the Bible to be my quote unquote model couple in ministry or, or for it. And you know what the Lord showed me? It was none. Every time the Bible brings up a couple practically, except I know you're going there, Aquila, and I'm going to go there and read that in Acts 18. But what's interesting, every time a couple was brought up in the Bible, a sin is brought up too. It's either sin or redemption. I think about Abigail, David's wife, who uh, he got after she had that uh, ignorant husband who didn't know how to treat the king. And then, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing everything, but she went ahead and favored him. And then when he was gone, David remembered her and brought her back. And then she ended up with a king because she covered an ignorant man. But see, she still didn't take matters into her own hands. She had to be, what, Christ for him and be like, I apologize my ignorant husband. And then she ended, and when I teach it to all women, you know what I'm saying? And then she ended up with her husband. But anyway, <laughs> because she covered the other man. She just didn't walk away and say, you ignorant. I done found a king. No, she operated in order. Right. And same thing, you know, Adam and Eve, and we can start from the beginning. And you go through, search through the Bible on your own time. But definitely, look for that couple. You might say Ruth and Boaz, but hmm, really? She was a young woman. She ended up with a really old dude. I don't think I want that to be my model couple. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> anyway, yeah, just keeping it real. Right. This was about redemption again. Every time, Hosea, it was always God showing his redemption, showing sin being covered. Every time he showed marriage. Because why? His word says what? Love covers what? A multitude of sins. So that's what marriage should do. Hallelujah. Cover each other. Cover the sins. Forgiveness. Hallelujah. And so when you think about, like I said earlier, there was one couple I found. That was Aquila and Priscilla in Acts 18. And when you find them, 
you find them what? Working. Wow. So if we do want to go there, guess what? We better find a couple that knows their mission and they're working. They're serving. And guess what else? A lot of married, you know, singles, we look, oh, when I get married, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And it's all about you and them and nobody else. And maybe some selfies on Instagram showing that y'all donated to some kids. I don't know. But look at this couple we find with Aquila and Priscilla. You find them, but you don't find them alone. No, sir. You find them opening up their home for someone else. Who's that? Paul, the tent maker, who stay and work. How many of you want a lot of people in your house once you get married? Or you're like, oh, yeah, I'll just open it up and I have room for this missionary and we'll have a room. No, you're thinking about each other, us four, no more. Maybe some kids. And so if you do want to look to that, look to the ministry of Aquila and Priscilla. It wasn't about them. Now let's go back to Ephesians 5. And remember, guess what? It's not about us, even when you get married. It's not about us. And guess what? While you're single, a lot of us stay single a long time because all God is trying to do is beat you down to see it ain't about you. It's not about you. It's really not. And you're like, what? Can I have fun? Yeah, you can have all that fun. In him, the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's what I read. So let's get back to the seasons I I got away. Are you following me? I'm still tracking. I'm losing you. I went. And so we get into Ephesians 5, um, 26, 27. It says, sanctify and cleanse her by the washing of the water of the word. And then 27, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Again, capital H-E, not lowercase husband, but that she would be holy and without blindness. So husbands ought to love their own wives. Now I'm coming for the men. It said, let me repeat it again, love your own wives as their own bodies. Not all the other women as their bodies. It said to love your own wife. And a lot of people now can't even conceive, singles can't even conceive getting married to one wife. I even have a friend who used to joke about me and all his female friends. They'd say, he's like, yeah, you're going to be my third wife. You're going to be my fifth wife. Because he knew the idea of committing to one wife was just, for him, inconceivable. And that's the society we live in today where people are so challenged by all the different things, the media, how women present their bodies, all these different things that is so, like, unimagined. They can't even imagine just one wife. As my own body? What? She's an extension of me? So he who loves his wife loves himself? Pit a pit in there. Why are so many singles looking to hook up with men or men looking that don't even know how to love themselves? So how are they going to love you if they don't love themselves as their own bodies? Now, I'm not going to get on the health kick, love, love people of all sizes. But, you know, that's what you got to look at. you got to look at If you're not trying to take care of yourself, how do I think you're going to take care of me? And that's not just physical body, my spiritual body, my being, my soul. So do I, do I really, do, is he really able to love himself? Does he even know that? And so then going on to verse 29, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. Mm. 
And that's the thing. We live in a world that's so busy, so you could do this, take this pill for that. You can do all this stuff real quick. And nobody wants to take time because what is that word? Nourish and cherish. You just can't, you can't have no quick nourishment. I don't know where you're from. Like me, when I get into meal prep mode, it takes some time. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) And so it takes time to nourish. That's not a fast food meal, men. It's not something that's quick. Like, oh, I see what size she wears. No, nourish and cherish. What does that even mean, to cherish? Cherish. That, that's the hold of high regard. That's not the everyday run of the meal. That's not referring to her like you refer to other people. Yeah, it's like but it's cherishing. And women, if you're not feeling cherished, if you feel like you're competing for attention, you are not the one. You are not it. Move on. Nourish and cherish. And a lot of us, and again, coming back for our singles, men are nourishing and cherishing people who are not even fit to be their wives. But they're nourishing and cherishing them just because, oh, that's what um, I'm supposed to do to get her attention, or they feel like they got to compete. Well, I got to prove this stuff. You're not proving nothing if you're doing something out of season. You're out of the will of God. That's what you're really doing. So just as the Lord does the church, so for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and his bones. That means, you know what, it's, again, it's not about us. It's about what part of the body are you? You're going to be the hand, you're going to be the foot, you know what? It's all because we're, we're a part of him. We're trying to be a part of his body. We are his body. So, that's why I should want to take, because you know what? You know that one uh, old song, I-, I pray for you, you pray for me. We all a part of what? The one the one body, right? You know, that song. So so that's what we've got to be. It's seeing that it ain't about us. This is for us to be one with the body. And then verse 31, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become what? Two? Three? No, one. That's the ministry the Lord gave me, table for one, because at the table we are all one. And the problem is our lens as singles sometimes is so confused on being two that we can't see the only one that unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor, labor in vain. Focus on the one. He'll do the rest. Let him join together what he wants in your life. Amen. That's all I have. Hey, that was awesome, man. That was powerful. That was powerful. That was good. Good stuff. Amen. Yeah, the only thing else, I'm sorry, I had one other thing I wanted to share. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, a whole lot of other things, if I Go have ahead. a minute. The floor is yours. I'm going to leave. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm going to read all of this, but one thing the Lord had put on my heart is that I believe the Lord wants every single to live as they're married and every married person to live as they're single. Now, hold on. What I'm saying to you is that you should be so married to Christ while single that being married is not such a disruption to your submission flow, to your love flow, to your expectation, because that's the thing that kills marriages right now and even singles in relationships is expectation. We have to remove the expectation 
and replace it with God's kingdom will for our life and see his standard that he has for you. But as long as we have expectation, I love what I think you've heard me quote it before. Dr. Miles Monroe said, when we have expectation, it leads to what? Disappointment. And disappointment can lead to what? Division. And when you have division, it leads to divorce. And then he goes on to talk about social decay and all that. But I love that first part, dealing with expectation and disappointment. A lot of us are single right now or single again because we have all this hope and expectation with the words, I do, when the Lord is saying, did you say I do to me? And so um, I actually wrote a poem about it. You want to hear it? Here it go. You remember that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that, Martin. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, you know, finally I do. Lord, forgive me for all the times I lived in vain, calling your name by flesh, you know. So, Lord, allow me to serve you as fast as I ran away. Lord, protect me from danger. Never allow me to stray. Lord, I take your Holy Spirit as my compass and my guide. I take your Son's blood as my covering to abide. I searched too many days but found no other who'd save me, protect me, and love me. No, not even mother. So, God, if your question still remains, finally I do, my eternal husband who reigns. So, amen. That's all I wanted to share. Hey, that's awesome. Questions, comments, challenges? That I was helped going back through the scriptures again and just, especially the one about washing with the word, because that that was like my anchor one, why I won't, like, go out with somebody. (laughs) I'm like, oh, he can't wash me with no word. Keep moving. I know, right? (laughs) Now, granted, there are other things to look at, but just seeing that I had so much pressure for someone to be something they could never be. Yeah, and I love that point you brought out when you said um, he, ha- your husband has to be able to give you back to God. And mm-hmm. I love that you brought that out. And, I, and even what you just said with the washing of the word, it all ties in together because we miss that. We think when you say your husband is the head, we think like he's this, uh, like you said, even with the Savior, like he's this Christ man towards you, and that ain't what God is saying. It's just mm-hmm. like saying, which I always refuted, you know, when Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. No, Paul, get out of the way. The bell has been mm-hmm. split. It's just the mm-hmm. husbands aren't leading their wives to to Christ. That ain't what's happening. So it's mm-hmm. always a misnomer when you say your husband's the head and Christ the head of him, when Christ the head of both of you. He's just the head mm-hmm. of the husband. He's the head of the wife. Too. Right, 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 right. And I love that you brought that out. Like, we miss that. We miss it. Mm. We miss it. We miss it. So, yeah, I yeah. Yeah. And I love what Brother Jim was sharing yesterday. A lot of times we use these scriptures to divide up whose responsibility exactly. is whom. Right. And that's not what this was intended to do. No. This was more to amplify right. and support to me how important it is while you're single and just in the body in general to know Christ and to know love, like real agape love. And so I was even struggling with this, Corey, and maybe you can help me with this. The thought I had was God will tell me, you know, and I believe he answered it just as I was speaking, Mm -hmm. what's the difference between there is none. 
The only added layer is that Eros love, maybe. Mm-hmm. But there should be no difference between the love I have for my brothers and sisters than I have in my household other than the Eros component, the romantic love. Right. And, and so when we... Right, right. And then I was even thinking about the point where it says, submit to your own husbands in everything. Right. But then earlier it says, submit to submit one to another. another. And so why is it so challenging? Because here we at the everything, and quite honestly, we can submit to one another at work for a period of time right. or at the grocery store and I'm going to let somebody go in front of me, but it's totally different to submit to somebody that you live with. Hello, hallelujah, in the same household every day, morning, noon, and night. And I believe that's why when this was written in that time period, it was saying for you this calls to leave a mother and father and cleave to your wife because where else can you be challenged, like Brother Jim was saying last week, about your love than while you're living with other people? Yeah. Right. That's because true. if you aren't being challenged and I'm sharpened about, am I really submitting and loving people? Yeah. And then you go straight to marriage, then it's like you have no barometer. And so sometimes, ooh, Lord, God puts you in a place <laughs> so good. that you can be challenged so that he can see, can I even trust you in a marriage yeah. to submit, to love, to be willing to yield? Because you've been so busy on your own, doing things your own way, submitting to people like on a time period when it's convenient for you, yeah. not in a house 24-7, Jesus. It's different. It's totally different. It is. It's huge. It's just monumental, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an mm-hmm. example of that, though. Uh, which, like I said, I didn't come here to, to do any preaching. I didn't want to. But you made me think of this. One, Brother Jim brought it up last week when he talked about what is submitting? What does that even mean? And I'm not mm-hmm. going to answer that question, but you got to think about it. What does that mean? And then I'm going to give you right. an example. The example of a mother and a child. So if you don't want submitting, think about a mom and a child. What does that mom mm-hmm. do for that child? She submits to that child. For what? Mm. For the well-being of the child. She never questions the submission part, but she submitted to the baby. What do you mean by that, Corey? When the baby needs to be changed, guess what? What does she do? She changes it. When it needs to be fed, guess what? What does she do? She feeds it. When it needs to be burped, when it needs to be cleaned, all of these things, she does it because the baby needs it. Now, think about that. Mm-hmm. It's in need of it. And what is a woman to a man? I help me. Help meet the needs of him in life. Same as the man mm. with the woman, right? It's it's mutual. But anyways, I, I'll stop. I'll digress. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I will because it's, it's just just thinking about that. A child, a mom, mm-hmm. and a child. It's easier to do it for your child because you think like the child is helpless. But think about mm-hmm. it. Even as the child grows, you're still submitting to the child, right? Mm-hmm. Taking it to soccer practice, taking the child to soccer practice, taking the child to school, fixing the child's lunch, cooking for the child, right? Clothing the child, going shopping for the child, right? Teaching the child. It's, you're still doing all of these things as it grows. You're nurturing like you brought up. You're nurturing that child. It doesn't change with your husband. It's the same thing. We get, I think mm-hmm. we get caught up into the obey thing. When you're not obeying your husband, you're obeying God. 
Right. Wanting you to submit to this man as a helper. What does he need? Right. What does he mm-hmm. need, and what do you have to offer to benefit him? Right. A lot of times we go into marriages thinking about how you can be benefited, but not how you can benefit. Right. Right. Expectation. So, exactly. Mm-hmm. But when you're going in knowing that you're the helper, because he's telling you to help him, <laughs> then you, you spot all of these things he needs, and it's easy to say, oh, I got to help you with this. I got to help you with that. I got to help you with that. It's easier to do it and, and doing it to the day you both die, right? It's easy. When, when I say easier, because when I say you know what you need to do for him, it's easier to commit yourself to doing it for them, right? Well, in my mind, it is. Because if you're marrying a person, obviously you love them and you want to be with them, so why not help them? But Mm -hmm. I know they don't be the person you think they should be. You're like, well, I ain't helping them do nothing. I get it. I get it. Or people hide what they know and what they need help with before you get married. (laughs) No, that's good that you said that, though, because... People can try to hide things, but even in that, when they do the hide things, that's also something you got to help them with. Helping, mm-hmm. like you said, when you get married, and I love that you brought that up, when you get married, it's like you began to see you. It's like a mirror. You obviously now, now all of a sudden you got a mirror because you used to do mm-hmm. all this stuff in the house by yourself. Now you got somebody watching your butt. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you're going to watch each other by default, right? It's just by default. Mm-hmm. It's just a natural inclination that you do. You, you begin to watch this person. You watch how they use the restroom. You watch how they clean. You watch. I'm just saying. You watch how they sleep. You got. You. Mm-hmm. It's like you pick up on their schedules when they wake up. You know, and what they do, how they toss and turn throughout the night. You're watching them. You're paying attention to this person, not to knock them, but to help them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I mean, you know, I'm saying that from being married, of course, but. In anything, any type of relationship, right? You think about your family, right? You think about growing up with your brother. You watch your brother. You saw how he he did things throughout the house. You 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 notice things about him. He, when some little girl came by, I know you probably thought, I don't know what you want to see in my brother. But you probably you probably did. You probably want that sister. But you know, in some cases, that's what you think. Like mm-hmm. he's a chump or what have you. Or my brother's great. I don't know what my brother seeing you. You know. He's better than you are, or what have you, but you still, you know all of that because you watch them, right? And you're saying, like, when you see all of that, it's, it's you know when this person is not being real or, or, or they are being real, and you're the mirror. You're, you're there to be that mirror, and you're there to help them. Well, family, I hope the discussion has encouraged you. I hope it has enlightened you. I hope it has infused you with love and truth. To live a life filled with God on purpose. And if it has, join us again for more godly discussions. Thank you.